everybody, Bill Buckmaster with you, along with my buddy Tom Fairbanks, engineering and producing the show on the other side of the glass. Tom, do you know today is National Dog Biscuit Day? <laughs> this follows National Sweet Roll Day yesterday? <laughs> yesterday was National Sweet Roll Day and support your local bakery. And that one was easy uh, for me to segue to Mona's Danish Bakery. Well, we got to keep now, our canine, how do I know canine pals happy. Well, the, the calendar I have at home is uh, a seeing eye dog calendar. I know this is uh, too much information. Anyway, we're off and running here on a Friday. Uh, we are in the Green Things Zocalo Village studio, which is part of our growing Bustos media presence in town. We've got five radio stations uh, under one roof here now. Uh, the latest acquisition, The Drive, uh, a very popular radio station. But this radio station is KVOI, The Voice, Tucson's only source for live local news talk. Today, the 23rd of February, 2024, we're in our 14th year with the radio show. That uh, 14th year began uh, the first week in January, and now my 36th year uh, in Tucson Media. We have our worldwide live listening. That means you can listen to my program live at buckmastershow.com. Also the place for all of our podcasts. There's a tremendous amount of content that goes back 13 full years. Our live line for our telephone interviews presented by Rincon Ventures Real Estate and Property Management. Our media shout outs on Friday, Tucson Sentinel, Dylan Smith and his group, TucsonSentinel.com. Uh, one of our uh, great supporters, as is Green Valley News and Saharita Sun, Tucson Local Media Group, its portfolio of publications inside Tucson Business, Tucson Weekly, Oro Valley Explorer, Marana News, Foothills News, and Desert Times. My media co-host, it's great to welcome him back to the show. I haven't uh, had Kurt on the program. Uh, since last spring, former Arizona Daily Star opinion page editor Kurt Prendergast, who is doing really great things. Uh, he and Caitlin uh, Smith, Schmidt, founders now of the Tucson Agenda. How you doing, Kurt? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me back. Uh, the Agenda is a t uh, journalist-owned subscriber-based online newsletter. That's kind of right, right? No, that's absolutely it. And daily, uh, put together a daily week, a weekday mix of original porti, uh, reporting and a roundup of the best local news from other Southern Arizona outlets. And we'll talk uh, more with Kurt in, uh, let's see, in our segment number three, we'll get to know um, a little bit about the Tucson agenda. But let's introduce now our Friday Focus interview. And it's always great to welcome him back to the program, David Godleski, who is the CEO and president of the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association. Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. Always uh, enjoy coming in and, and talking to you, Bill. Uh, it's been, uh, I think, probably three or four months since we've had you on the show. And this, in your career uh, in, the, in the industry, have you ever seen anything like this? It's like one week we're getting news, uh, Dave, that, oh my gosh, home building, it's just like hitting rock bottom. Next week, home building, very bright, optimistic future. 
I don't know what to believe. Maybe maybe you can fill our listeners in. Where in the heck are we in your industry? Well, I, uh, you know, there are many times that I wish I had my own crystal ball to, to figure out uh, where we're at and where things are going. You, you nailed it. You know, the past uh, couple of years have really been a series of, of ups and downs in the in the marketplace. Um, looking back at the at the numbers and the activity uh, a year ago, uh, we were very very concerned about um, what 2023 was going to bring. Last uh, January, we were 60 percent down uh, in terms of single family permits from January of 2022, and so so looking at that, it was. Um, hard to be optimistic uh, about the the coming year, but we ended up actually ahead of where we were in calendar year 2022. And so things definitely picked up the second half of the year. Uh, I, I think we're at a, a place right now where I hope to uh, to see some um, consistency and some some leveling off. And so, you know, I, I don't want to um, go too far out on a limb, but it does feel like we're getting finally to a point, at least here locally, where things to be uh, seem to be pretty solid. In the uh, New York Times, they were saying that uh, while the interest rates have certainly been a downer for people that uh, are, are trying to sell a home, uh, and even and to buy a home. However, new home building, they were pointing out in Florida, has really taken off. There are some markets where this is a sector that's really moving, Dave. It is. Uh, interest rates have been, uh, I think, the 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 key uh, factor in the in the marketplace uh, for the past, I would say, eighteen months or so. You know, we started to see in in the summer of twenty twenty two the the Feds uh, make their moves to try and address uh, inflation. A lot of those inflationary pressures were uh, were were seen and felt in in home building as builders were trying to to build homes for market uh, to bring to market. Mortgage interest rates go up, buying power power goes down. People uh, who are locked into a, a you know three or sub three uh, mortgage interest rate have no interest in 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 selling and in taking on a on a bigger payment with a higher interest rate. But like I said, we started to see you know last summer things start to to stabilize a bit and in markets including here in Tucson have uh, have have rebounded and so that's uh, gives you know gives rise to some of the optimism and and nationally you know real estate is a, a local phenomenon and so it kind of depends market to market but it's um, you know certainly there are a lot of these growth states like Florida that are seeing a tremendous amount of activity all right let's bring uh, Kurt Prendergast into the program Kurt from the Tucson agenda go ahead Kurt yeah, along those same lines, like uh, how is Tucson doing relative to like Albuquerque or Phoenix or just other similar cities? It, it, it's hard to compare uh, apples to apples. Uh, if you look at, at Phoenix in, in particular, uh, Phoenix actually uh, ended the year last year behind where they were in, in 2022. So so kind of from a relative standpoint, the fact that Tucson was ahead of uh, 2022 in, in terms of the single family uh, permitting activity, it was a it was a good sign. But Phoenix is, you know, it's it's just a behemoth. I mean, mm-hmm. they they do sure. they do uh, five, six, uh, seven times more uh, permitting activity than we do than we do here. A place like Albuquerque, I haven't looked at 
at those numbers specifically, so I so I can't um, comment. But but we do tend to look at a place like uh, Albuquerque as more of a a, a peer kind of co- comparison community mm-hmm. for for Tucson, um, and so I I would suspect that they're probably similar similar amounts of activity in both marketplaces. Mm-hmm. Is build to own uh, in Phoenix? They've been building a lot of of units that are kind of like that look like apartments, uh, but these would be then something that uh, would be owner occupied. Is this a trend? The the trend that I've been seeing is the is the single family um, build to rent. Build to uh, rent. Yes. There you go. And and it's and it's a. Um, it's a, a, a product that is, um, and there are a couple different variations on that type of model, but the one that we've been seeing predominantly in the Phoenix area, but are starting to see here in, in Tucson is that a, a builder's coming in and they're going through the, the process in the same way as a for sale subdivision, except the end product is a house that's for, for rent instead of for sale. And that's largely in response to, um, you know, consumer preferences. And, and, and perhaps not wanting to be, you know, committed to that that 30-year mortgage, you know, flexibility to be able to pick up and and, and go uh, if life, uh, you know, with life changes. It's a different lifestyle. Younger really people is. that are looking at jobs, perhaps in the uh, in the computer industry, that which is growing in Phoenix, they may see this as a two to three year deal, and they don't want to they don't want to buy a home. It, that that's absolutely right. In in Phoenix, it's it's just been. Uh, Ex- explosive growth in in that particular category. I, I've heard, you know, there are tens of thousands of homes that are going to be built uh, in the in the next couple of years that are that build to rent model. Uh, there's a, a builder here in Tucson, uh, AMH, uh, that has uh, entered the marketplace and, and done a, a really good job in, um, in in working to bring some of those products uh, out of the ground. But but again, that's still a very small segment, um, and and consumers, uh, um, you know, are interested in in owning a home. They see the the value in in doing that. So, the traditional uh, for sale builders uh, are continue to do very well, and some of them are in fact looking to diversify and 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 have a build to rent offering as well. Here's Kurt. Yeah. So as the uh, you know the housing crisis unfolded the last couple of years, people have kind of like looked to to alternatives. And one of them that came up in Tucson was the Casitas, the ADUs. Um, could you tell us like how that going? Do you have any insight into that? Uh, that's something that we've 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 tracked. Um, I I think you know, and the way that I look at it, and you talked about uh, you know, it's kind of the dynamics in the market. It's no secret there there are affordability challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're at the at the point where you know you have a a, a median uh, new home price that's uh, pushing that four hundred thousand dollar mark, yeah. and so that's you know that presents a lot of challenges. And in from a solution standpoint, you know, Saba looks at it as, um, you know, all of the above, you know, it has to be a full, uh, comprehensive approach, a menu of options, you know, everything should be, everything should be on the table. And so when it comes to things like casitas or accessory dwelling u- units, we are very supportive of, of changing, uh, you know, zoning and, and building codes and whatever is, is necessary to do that. Uh, I, I suspect that you're going to see most of that in the, 
in the city limits and it's going to be people who, um, you know, who are looking maybe for some supplemental income from a, from having that kind of a, a rental unit. I don't think it's going to solve all the issues, but it's definitely going to be uh, a- advantageous. And, and like I said, everything helps. So subjective when you talk about what affordable housing, we hear that it's the, it's the buzzword. We do not have enough mm-hmm. affordable housing. But as you point out, when you've got a median new home price at 400000 uh, what's affordable to one person certainly wouldn't be affordable to another. So I just wondering, uh, Dave uh, Godleski, how do, how do you look at this whole affordable housing picture? You know, from our, our standpoint, it's really, you said it's, it's housing affordability. You know, they're, they're, the housing market is a, is a, a spectrum, a, a continuum. And so it's going to require um, both the private sector and public sector coming together and looking at everything from, you know, the issue of, of homelessness and trying to provide temporary shelter, trying to provide um, housing for people who are at 60% or below of area median income, 80% and below market rate, uh, multifamily market rate, single family. And so it's really, until all of those sectors are being optimized and in hitting at all all levels we're not going to have a, a a healthy housing market and certainly all of us i think even if we're looking at uh, you know in a second move up type of situation nobody really wants to pay more than they have to for their for their house and so it's what can we do to make sure that the process is is easy that fees are are minimal that regulatory or barriers are are removed um, in in trying to make sure that we're cognizant of really trying to have a, a growth mindset where we're providing a housing options and inventory across all different spectrums for all different people there's been the inflation uh, picture that has thank goodness uh, Dave moderated and I'm just wondering uh, how did that affect your industry and are you seeing now uh, the supply chain shortages? Uh, returning to somewhat normal. Fortunately, we are starting to see relief in terms of the uh, supply cha- chain challenges and increase in, in material pricing. Uh, there were certainly many, many months uh, where it seemed like uh, there was a, a new um, product that was either in limited uh, supply or saw a significant jump in, in pricing. Which delayed the product getting on to the market. It absolutely yeah. did. And it, and it, and, and there was a, a point in time where it was taking, you know, nine, 10, 12 months to bing, to, to build a home that had uh, pre pandemic been taking four to five months. We are starting to see build times come down. Um, you know, I think you're probably closer to that seven to eight month average. Um, some builders have, have been able to get it down um, below that. Uh, so not all the issues have, have gone away, but there has been some relief in, in that that front. How about inflation? And inflation is is still a, a you know a, a real uh, issue. I, I think you know everybody sees that even when they're they're at the the, the grocery store. And so home building is is not immune to those inflationary uh, pressures. But it's it's not what we were experiencing you know uh, eighteen twenty four months ago. All right, let's take a break right here and talk about my favorite bakery in town. In fact, uh, Kurt Prendergast. Uh, my media co-host today, uh, maybe making a Mona's run uh, after the show. He's 
seriously thinking about it, and the, maybe uh, me talking about it here is going to also uh, encourage him to go up and see Steve uh, and the team. And I don't know if Kurt and, and Dave have heard the news, but uh, Steve and the group uh, decided, uh, you know, why don't we apply for a liquor license? <laughs> And so they uh, they they went through all the you know got the the permit through the through Pima County uh, they get it, got it approved and so a couple of weeks ago they did launch uh, a service now that you could Kurt when you go up there if you do want to do lunch uh, they are pouring beer uh, at lunch uh, they're doing Peroni I believe by the bottle Italian beer. Uh, and of course, <laughs> well, it is Friday. <laughs> they've got, they have wine, and uh, which is very popular, especially on the weekends, because some folks like uh, the mermosa. They want uh, the orange juice with a little bit of champagne or uh, wine in there. So anyway, they've got the they've got that now as sort of enhanced value up at Mona's Danish Bakery. And the location is the northeast corner of Swan and Sunrise. Their website's monasdanishbakery.com. Dave Godleski, you're a big bakery person, aren't you? I love the Danish Kringle. I know you do. You just you could go for it probably <laughs> any day of the week, right? Any time. Don't tempt me. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's take a break right here. We'll talk more home building right after this. Family-owned Jam Culinary Concepts and its family of restaurants has you covered for your special event. Jam caters anytime, anywhere, any size group, and any type of cuisine. Vero Amore, authentic Neapolitan pizza, and Noble Hops. Craft beer and fine fare are synonymous with quality. Call 954-1468 or log on to jamculinaryconcepts.com. The Regional Transportation Authority's 20-year plan includes roadway, transit, pedestrian, bicycle, and many other transportation improvements across the region. Pima County voters approved the plan in 2006, and the RTA is finalizing a new 20-year plan for RTA board review and approval to seek public feedback on the draft plan. Sign up at rtanext.com for updates. Buckmaster Show listeners know that I'm passionate about travel. When I'm ready to take off on a new adventure, my air travel begins and ends at Tucson International Airport. TUS is nonstop for our community and Southern Arizona. So remember, to fly local, fly Tucson. Tucson International is nonstop for Tucson. More at flytucson.com. The Friends of Pima Animal Care Center is the nonprofit partner to our Pima County Animal Shelter. We grant critically needed resources to PACC so that it can continue the amazing life-saving progress it has made in recent years. Your generosity helps us find homes for abused, neglected, and abandoned animals at PAC. Learn how you can help at friendsofpacc.org. 
This is Bill Buckmaster urging my listeners to join me in becoming a member of the Reed Park Zoo, one of America's top zoos and home to more than 300 animals from all over the world. When you become a zoo member, you receive free daytime admission, discounts on special events and education programs, and so much more. Find out more about zoo membership and everything you need to know about your zoo visit. ReedParkZoo.org Cushman & Wakefield PICOR is Tucson's leading independently owned full-service commercial real estate company. Founded in 1985, Cushman & Wakefield PICOR offers leasing, sales, and property management for industrial office, medical, retail, land, and investment properties in Tucson and Sonora, Mexico. Visit our website at PICOR.com for the latest news from Tucson's commercial real estate sector. That's PICOR.com. Call us at 748-7100. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, the Buckmaster Show, our Friday focus interview is with David Godlesky, the CEO and president of the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association, uh, commonly referred to as SABA, which has really got a long history, doesn't it, Dave, here in town? We do. Actually, last year was our 70th anniversary. Wow. Wow. And I don't think there have been that many uh, p- people in your position. Uh, leadership uh, in that role, probably uh, maybe a handful. You know, for many, many years, probably decades, uh, it was an entirely volunteer-run organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't know for sure, but I don't think it was until the the 80s or so uh, where they brought in in paid staff. And and there have been a few of us. I've I've had the uh, fortune of uh, being able to to serve for now uh, going on 15 years. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, With me are, on Friday, we do bring in a, a co-host, someone from the media, and uh, Kurt Prendergast is with us, uh, who has co-founded something called the Tucson Agenda, which is really doing well, a journalist-owned, subscriber-based online newsletter, and we'll talk actually in segment number three with Kurt more about what he's doing and, and how all of that evolved, but uh, he's with me now uh, to interview uh, Dave. Go ahead, Kurt. So, yeah, before the break, you kind of touched on regulations a little bit. Are there any regulations that you see coming up that just make you, you know, shake your head in anger? You know, I can't point to one in particular, but but uh, home building is a very highly regulated industry. Mm-hmm. We, we're regulated at the at the local level, the state level, the federal level. And so uh, we're, we're kind of getting uh, that uh, regulatory and, and policy impact at, at all those levels. The big thing, especially at, at a local level, and what I, I think is controllable is um, issues related to, t- to time and speed to, speed to market. So anything that results in getting permits faster or, ah, or okay. plans faster or inspections faster are, are very advantageous because it helps with certainty and it helps, you know, move things along and be able to, to bring Bring that uh, to bring that product to, to market. Um, one of the things that is going to be a focus of ours for this year is it's uh, uh, the adoption of the international building codes. And so that is a um, it's a it's a national uh, org- organization. It's, it's international, but in but in the United States that there are you know building codes that are approved, and then it's up to the local municipalities to adopt those those building codes. And it's something that we get in, involved in and. 
and it it uh, it's a prescriptive uh, approach to how uh, homes are built. And mm-hmm. so we we have um, you know the organization gets involved. We have members who are involved in different areas of, of expertise to try and pr- uh, provide input on those. And those certainly affect, um, like I said, how homes are built, the cost of those those homes, and so on. So the idea there is that if you kind of know what the rules are, it eliminates some uncertainty in terms of building? It, it does. And, and that's everything, you know, for the international codes, you've got building codes, energy codes, mechanical codes, plumbing codes. And so it is, it's it's how you need to uh, to build that house. So that is the, the, the regulatory uh, requirement at a, you know, at a local basic level for how a home is, ho- home is mm-hmm. built. And how a home is built is one thing, and then how a home, the interior now is designed. Things have changed uh, with the media. You know, it used to be with, you'd have the great room and you'd have a kind of a formal dining room. Things have really changed, haven't they, Dave? They have changed, and and they've also changed, uh, you know, as a as a result of of COVID. I think, um, you know, people uh, still want to have you know, open, open concept. Um, but they're looking for larger homes and they're looking for, um, you know, the home office at at one point was a a thing of the past. And I think now people with the remote work phenomenon want to have that, you know, that extra space where they can, you know, close off from everything else that's going on. Uh, certainly from a kind of that smart home and in technology standpoint, people are looking for, you know, the smart thermostats and, and smart, you know, uh, you know, lighting, and, and locking and, and all of those things. So so that certainly evolved to, to meet people's interests and needs. Yeah, because it used to be, and uh, it used to be the spare bedroom was, was definitely the home office. Uh, Kurt, we can sympathize with that, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would love to have a great office in yes, my house. Uh, uh, getting back to regulatory, the 100-year uh, water supply uh, assured water supply has been with us now for decades and uh, affects uh, primarily the uh, Mar- Maricopa County and, and the Phoenix area and Tucson. How is that, That how are your, your members and your builders working within those limits, Dave? Well, I would take a step back and, and look at it holistically. And, and Arizona uh, has been a leader in terms of uh, water uh, planning and management. And and I don't think there's any other state that has anywhere near a 100-year assured water supply requirement when it comes to, to new development. And so that's something that we should be be proud of. And, and the builders, um, you know, want to make sure that there's enough water just as, as much as, as anybody else. So it's a it's a system and it's a process that they are very used to and in and working within. Um, the, the big uh, question is ultimately what happens at a at more of a regional level, multi-state level, and how much water is you know is coming down the the Colorado River because you know that's going to be a, a, a key uh, component of uh, future growth uh, in Arizona. You mentioned building codes and uh, the city of Tucson's had a change in leadership over the past year and trying to fast track some of these these uh, permitting is are you noticing a difference 
We are. You know, I, I do think that, um, you know, the, the city is uh, making progress t- uh, towards that end. They've they've recently implemented some new, um, they call them lanes to be yes. able to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to go through to try and speed things up. And we have uh, fortunately heard a lot of positive things I- anecdotally. Um, and, and we always are trying to work with whether it's the city of Tucson uh, Planning and Development Services Department or the county or Marana or Oro Valley or Sarita, just work as close as possible with them as, you know, when issues come up and we're seeing a pattern of, of problems or challenges trying to be to, to be out front. And, and the way that we look at it is, um, you know, our members are their customers and they're paying fees and, and taxes and, and helping, uh, you know, support those jurisdictions and, and are a source of a lot of revenue coming in at a, a local government level. We haven't talked about apartment building. Are we overbuilt in apartments? underbuilt or just about right don't think we're we're overbuilt for for sure um i i don't know what's in the you know in the immediate pipeline but we definitely need to keep building more apartments kurt prendergast question uh, yeah you, know, you mentioned like the in terms of water like it is a multi-state it's a situ uh, multi-state situation uh, but at the arizona legislature they are constantly throwing out bills that have to do with water do you see any that are like must pass or absolutely should not pass I would say, um, you know, one of the interesting, uh, you know, phenomenons with the the legislature is even though if things pass, will they be signed into into law? Sure. And, yeah. And so that's, um, you know, I, I do think that there are some things that are being contemplated as it relates to um, the the moratorium or. De, you know, de facto moratorium that was put in place in the Phoenix AMA mm-hmm. when it comes to new certificates of, a, of assured water supply. And, and, and I've seen some legislation. I can't comment on, on where it is in the, in the process. I know this week uh, we're wrapping up crossover week where bills go from one chamber to the next, but there were some, some bills that were introduced to try and make sure that uh, home building and, or home building projects that were caught as a result of that moratorium kind of midstream can get freed up and get some relief to be able to move forward. So, so anything that we can continue to do to um, make sure that those products move forward, who were midstream of that process in, in our opinion are, are must pass. Mm-hmm. That seems fair. And that's the, mostly going to be Maricopa County, you said, right? Th- that's right. And I think, you know, we've we've done a remarkable job here in, in, in Tucson, and, and I think our, our groundwater is in a much better uh, uh, place than the, their, mm-hmm. uh, they are in, in the Phoenix AMA in Maricopa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that the New York Times had a front page piece that was, I think they kind of walked it back, actually, because it made it seem like home building was going to be coming Oh, to yeah. a remember that yeah, Kurt remember that, right yeah, sure. it was that was kind of like a lot of people are pointing to that as kind of a watershed moment because it was misinterpreted across the country that in effect home building was coming to a halt in the Phoenix area anyway in the Valley of the Sun because of the water situation that's right. I was I was at a, a national uh, conference in Washington D.C. and what was the uh, last feedback? Summer. And that was the immediate question that I got: is so Arizona's you know run it's out closed. of water? Yeah. Yep. And um, and I I do think it's a very significant issue. You know, I, I hear you know talk about well there are eighty thousand lots in the in the Phoenix uh, you know a, uh, active management area, and so there are, there are pl- plenty that of homes that can still be built. But when you're building twenty 
25 to th- you know 30,000 homes a year, you go through 80,000 lots really quickly. And so I do think that it's, you know, home building hasn't, you know, come to a halt there, but if we're not careful, it, it very well could be. And so that's why it's so important, whether it's from a legislative perspective or, or otherwise to figure out how we thread that needle by um, protecting groundwater, but still allowing our you know, home building and economic progress to continue. You know, I wanted to get back to, we're talking about energy efficiency and, and building international building codes. Are these new homes really, by and large, very energy efficient these days? They are. I was um, doing some uh, research in anticipation of uh, of the interview, just uh, to to look at you know the communities that are out there and what the the builders are offering. And uh, one of the builders, uh, Meritage Homes, that I was looking at in particular, um, you know, their homes are are much better uh, than even Energy Star is, and so the builders are building a product that's uh, even more energy efficient than the regulatory, uh, you know, framework dictates or a voluntary, you know, kind of program like Energy Star would would uh, require or result in. Mm. So they're getting product into the into the home that is, uh, I don't know how it works, but it, it's product that's going to be very energy efficient, whatever, however they build it. That's yeah. right. It's, you know, it's everything from your, your insulation, yes. your windows, you know, just that kind of tightening up of that, that building envelope. And from, from my experience, uh, you know, the builders in Southern Arizona um, take these things very seriously and, and they know that we're in a desert in, environment. They know that they know the, it's going to be darn hot. They do. In and, July. That, and that water is mm-hmm. a, is a priority. And so they are, uh, you know, working to ensure that that, that product uh, is, is uh, you know, c- takes all of that into consideration. And, and I would suspect that the, that the buyers here are also, you know, more, more astute in, in to what uh, kind of the sustainability of that, uh, of that product. And so they're responding to the buyer's needs as well. How about the home show element of what you do? Well, so so, uh, Bill, I, I don't know if you and I have had the chance to talk yet, but but last fall was our last uh, Saba home show. Did that, not know that we are. Uh, that has not been. You know, I don't think that widely publicized. But go ahead, tell me what's what's going on. So the 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 sh- short version is, um, we had uh, we had been provided an opportunity to um, to sell our our home show operations and wow. and. Um, it was uh, not with a lot of, uh, without a lot of uh, discussion and, and debate. Uh, the show served us very, very well for over the past 50 years, something we were very proud of. But this gives us an opportunity to look at what the next 50 years are and try and focus on, you know, providing those true core services to our to our members and, and take things in a, in a bit of a, a different direction. So there still will be a, a show, and I think that'll be a good opportunity for those exhibitors and in customers it just won't be the the saba show going forward so you'd like sell the rights or something or that's uh, essentially all it all it comes down to Uh wow okay we learned something every day did you know about that no i had no idea (laughs) there you go all right uh dave any final thoughts here before we wrap it up with you you know i just think that uh, uh you know it's it's really uh 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 
good situation that we're in in the home building industry right now. I, like I said, I think we're going to see some consistency uh, and encourage anybody who's out there who's interested, go out because, uh, you know, builders going to work with you. They want to sell homes. Uh, so it's a, it's a good time to buy. All right, Dave Godlewski from the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association, which just celebrated uh, 70 years uh, of service here in Southern Arizona. Dave, hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. All right, we'll take a break right here, and we're going to learn more from Kurt about uh, his latest product, which is the Tucson Agenda, right after this break. Dine in or take out authentic Neapolitan wood-fired pizza at Vero Amore, where every flavorful pizza, pasta, and panini are homemade. Using the finest local and imported ingredients, Vero Amore, Plaza Palomino at Swan and Fort Lowell, and on Dove Mountain in Marana, Plus a full catering menu and mobile pizza truck for parties and events. Vero Amore, on the web at VeroAmorePizza.com. The nonprofit Tucson Wildlife Center has been helping injured, sick, and orphan wildlife in southern Arizona since 1999. They're dedicated to the rescue, medical care, and rehabilitation of sick, injured, and orphan wildlife with the goal of releasing them back to their natural habitat. Around 5,000 animals a year come to them as they are the only wildlife rescue in Southern Arizona. All made possible through donations. They receive no government funding. Please donate at TucsonWildlife.com. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun cover two of Arizona's most desirable communities. The newspapers reach more than 75% of the communities each week, with a combined population of more than 50,000. The Green Valley News also publishes a dozen magazines each year, and both newspapers publish up-to-the-minute local news online at gvnews.com. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun, it's all right here. Hi, this is Irene Coppola, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Southern Arizona. The BBB sets the standards for marketplace trust by engaging with and educating consumers and businesses. The BBB is the resource to turn to for the objective, unbiased information on businesses offering national and local consumer services online and in person. Learn more about the many services offered by the Better Business Bureau at bbb.org. For more than a half century, Tucson Gardeners trust Green Things, a family-owned and operated retail and wholesale plant nursery, offering an amazing variety of plants, trees, cacti, pottery, and so much more, all at great prices. The 13-and-a-half-acre site by the Rieto River is also home to the Zocalo Village, specializing in fine Mexican and Latin American imported furniture and art. Green Things open daily at 3384 East River Road and at greenthingsaz.com and zocalovillage.com. Family owned and run since 1985, Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing is the gold standard for quality and professionalism for picture framing, custom frame mirrors, art for your walls, and hanging and lighting solutions. Come in for your design session or set it up electronically. Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing, Fort Lowell and Dodge, and now doing e-commerce at moesgallery.com. Welcome back. It is the Buckmaster Show. Our thanks to uh, David Godleski, uh, 
who is the, and has been for 15 years, didn't realize it was that long uh, that Dave has been CEO and president of the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association, which has been around a long time, uh, 70 years uh, at Saba. And uh, Kurt Prendergast is with me in studio, and I thank Kurt for taking my co-media host in the interviewing. And I'm real anxious to, Kurt, to have you kind of fill in our listeners about the Tucson agenda. Um, you did leave the Arizona Daily Star uh, after eight years last April. Uh, you uh, were the you were you were the opinion page editor. That was your last position there at the Star, but you've carved this this new product out with uh, Caitlin Schmidt, who are award winning uh, mm-hmm. r- reporter who. You guys were kind of pals at the star. That's right. And then the two of you came up with this idea for the Tucson agenda. Tell me about how that transpired. Yeah, so uh, we found ourselves in the middle of last year, you know, wanting to do something new. Uh, and a, a, per, a friend of ours, uh, Hank Stevenson, uh, he started the Arizona agenda, which is a similar thing that we're doing right now. We're kind of a, an offshoot, a sister newsletter of his. And so and his, uh, the Arizona agenda is really heavy on the following the legislature. That's right. Yeah. So it's basically all about state government, mm-hmm. legislature, governor, all that type of stuff. So we obviously don't have the state legislature down here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Tucson agenda, the the idea is that we are going to cover uh, local government, politics, and what we call government adjacent, which is kind of like nonprofits to get public funds to perform, you know, uh, social purposes. Uh, and so we're all focused on Tucson. We're all t- uh, Tucson, Pima County. We do little uh, Cochise in Santa Cruz counties as well. But this is the this is the hyper local political government news outlet. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking at it right now uh, because I'm now a a uh, on the list. And right. you do have a subscriber. And Dave, by the way, Godleski uh, was also saying he's a he's a, a. Do you call them members or what are you saying? Uh, we uh, say subscribers. Subscriber. Yeah. Okay. So you really are growing. Absolutely. I've been yeah. astounded by how fast we've grown. How is it going? Yeah, I mean, it's going really great. Uh, we aren't like quite to the point where we are like a, a completely financially sustainable outlet, but uh-huh. we are close. Mm-hmm. And we've been going for like almost eight months now. Uh-huh. And the uh, the Tucson community has done so good for us. Mm-hmm. We have about 3,300 total subscribers and we have about 650 paid subscribers. Mm-hmm. So that's just way more than we anticipated. And we're looking to grow. How does it work? For a subscriber. Sure. So you could just go to TucsonAgenda.com and you can click subscribe button. And when you do that, it's it's free. You can pay mm-hmm. or not, but it's absolutely mm-hmm. free if you want mm-hmm. it to be. Uh, that means that at six o'clock in the morning, Monday through Friday, you're going to get an email. Mm-hmm. It'll show up in your inbox uh, and it's going to have original reporting at the top. And then we're going to curate local political news down below. Yeah. So kind of just going over like uh, today, uh, the daily agenda is original reporting. Mm-hmm. Lawmaking is hard is the is the title. <laughs> and you and Caitlin uh, teamed up for original reporting about uh, what the lawmakers are doing and how some lawmakers are just all in on presenting bills and others sort of on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we, we're, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to fill in gaps in coverage. And we don't really have a like Tucson-based reporter covering the legislature from the perspective of Tucson. So we're trying to fill that in. So what we did is we just uh, went to the uh, the Arizona legislature website. And we went to this thing called Skywolf, which the Arizona Agenda has launched. It's a bill tracking service. And so we just uh, you know plugged in the names of the dozen local legislators and set and just looked at what did they do. 
And so we're at this moment, you know, the crossover week. So it's kind of like, it's a lot of the, uh, the bills that have been proposed are going to be fall by the wayside. So which ones of our, of our legislators have bills that are still alive? And it, immediately it's apparent that about half of them just don't have any bills alive anymore. And uh, we have some such as like Justine Watsack. She put out a lot of bills and she has a lot of bills still alive. She's a Republican. And so it's a lot easier for her in the Republican controlled legislature. Uh, but we also have, you know, Alma Hernandez, Consuelo Hernandez. They also have a, a decent number of bills alive. And there's the two of the Democrats, representatives, Christopher Mathis mm-hmm. and uh, Nancy Gutierrez. They've not been as successful in keeping the bills alive, maybe because they are Democrats, right? I think they've each got uh, one bill that's still alive. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And they, those are both about, uh, you know, uh, license plates for you know worthy causes, right? But, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, when we wrote the story, we had a lot of, you know, feedback from readers, you know, pointing out that, you know, like legislators do a lot more than pass laws, right? So they advocate for causes and all that stuff. So the people who don't have bills alive right now, they could still, you know, get up on the, the House or Senate floor and, you know, make their case for why a law should pass or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of like bringing an idea into the legislature and having it, you know, go to fruition to become a law, uh, a lot of our local legislators are kind of out of that game. Like uh, Senator Sally Ann Gonzalez filed Mm -hmm. a a whopping 44 bills Mm -hmm. and she still has six that are working their way through the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it real easy to, I don't even know how it even works. Is it easy to, to just for one of these lawmakers to create a bill and file for it? Yeah. I mean, there there are (laughs) bills that are like two sentences. Anything they want to do, right? Yeah. It's up to them. Yeah. But then mm -hmm. for it to move forward, it's got to go through... <clears throat> the that's process. The, that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So they have to, you know, if you're a Democrat, you have to have a, the Republicans control the legislature, they control the committees. So the committee uh, chairman or chairwoman gets to decide if the bill is going to even get a hearing. And that's where we're at right now. The ones that haven't got a hearing, they're gone. They're dead. Uh, so you have to have a bill that is going to be appealing in some way to uh, a Republican uh, legislator. So Sally Ann Gonzalez, she has some bills that are out there that it's about like funding co- community colleges and uh-huh. do enrollment courses. And so mm-hmm. she's threaded the needle to something that she feels is important. Uh, and then that is also like palatable to the Republicans. It's got to be something that both sides of the aisle can agree on. And mm-hmm. I, uh, you had a, in this piece, uh, a senator, Senator Marsh, mm-hmm. uh, sent uh, an email to you all saying that less than 15% of the Democratic bills actually receive a hearing, Kurt. Yeah, that's right. And just to clarify, that's a, a tweet that she posted. A not tweet. Emails, but, but absolutely, right? That, is this, that tweet is then reproduced uh, and on today's agenda. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But that, 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 is, that seems true. Mm-hmm. Very few Democrat bills actually even get a shot. Mm-hmm. They just die before they're, they're stillborn almost. So that this has been an example of original reporting. And mm-hmm. then uh, you have a section... Uh, called In Other News. And this is kind of nice because uh, for folks that maybe haven't been following what's been going on at the Star or other Mm -hmm. news outlets, uh, you kind of have a wrap-up. Yeah, because the the idea is that we want you to, like, wake up in the morning, but you want to know what's going on. Yeah. And so you open up this email, and you have, like, oh, this is something new and interesting. Mm -hmm. That's the top. Mm -hmm. The bottom is, like, what's the conversation right now? Mm -hmm. All right, so... Uh, if you were to, to do what we do uh, with the curating news, you would have to go to like a dozen different outlets. Yeah. And you don't really want to do that when no. you wake up in the morning. So what That's done, a good way to put it. Like, like a museum curator, you're curating sure. the, this information. Yeah. And we're yeah. not just pulling like, you know, we're not doing like sports <laughs> stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Like this is like 
what your local officials are doing or if there's new funding coming in from the federal government, all kinds of like government oriented things. That's what we focus on. So like, boom, you can just take a couple minutes and you just you can see it. Well, I think it's a great service. And uh, again, it's free if, if someone wishes or if they would like to uh, throw a little money your way to, to ensure that it continues. That's a way to do it, too, for about a generally about $100 a year. Yeah, you can do a monthly subscription yeah. for about $12 a yeah. month, or you can do 120 for a year. And I would like to say that we do not have a a corporate owner. We don't have a billionaire funding us. Like we are funded almost entirely by paid subscribers in Tucson and Pima County. Very good. And again, uh, very simple to find. Uh, just Google Tucson Agenda. Mm -hmm. All right, Kurt, uh, congratulations. Thanks so much. You're off and running and uh, doing good things. So uh, we will take a break right here. We've got Weekend Watch with Dan Gibson coming up right after this. Noble Hops is Tucson's original gastropub, serving an ever-changing menu of craft beer and fine fare. Savor the majestic mountain views from the perfect for any season spacious patio at West Lambert Lane in North La Cañada Drive in Oro Valley. Order in or take out at Noble Hops, a pub for foodies. On the web at noblehops.com. International Airport, we are nonstop for our community. Our main priorities are providing a safe and secure travel experience and excellent customer service. We're also nonstop for landing prosperity in Southern Arizona by attracting new flights for business travel and family getaways. When your airport thrives, our community thrives. So fly local, fly TUS. Tucson International Airport is nonstop for Tucson. The Regional Transportation Authority plan is funded by a voter-approved half-cent sales tax. The RTA is the largest annual funder of regional transportation improvements in the region, averaging more than $100 million in tax revenue each year. The RTA is preparing a new 20-year plan for public review prior to a May 2025 election. Sign up at rtanext.com for updates. Nestled in the foothills of the Santa Rita Mountains of southeastern Arizona is Equine Voices and Sanctuary. Home to horses and burros that were rescued from neglect, abuse abandonment, and slaughter. Please consider Equine Voices Rescue and Sanctuary with a financial gift of support and estate remembrance. Learn more about our vision and values at equinevoices.org. Are you happy with the news you get? While not all news is good news, you know good reporting when you see it. Check TucsonSentinel.com every day for breaking news and investigative reports. And your say in the comments. It's all in TucsonSentinel.com, your local, independent, nonprofit news. You can rely on TucsonSentinel.com for solid reporting about immigration, Tucson and Pima politics, everything from the border to baseball. It's independent news without the spin. TucsonSentinel.com. We are watching Tucson. Whether you've considered an all-inclusive luxury cruise, an expedition adventure, or a relaxing river cruise, come to Bon Voyage Travel's annual showcase on March 3rd at the Hilton El Conquistador. Presentations will be offered throughout the day to provide you a chance to hear more about these travel brands and their exciting offers. Bill Buckmaster and I will be teaming up to present the travel trends of 2024. Visit bvtravel.com for more information on Bon Voyage Travel's free showcase on March 3rd. 
man, away we go. When I hear that, when I hear that intro, I am ready for the weekend because that is the intro for Weekend Watch presented by Silver City in Grant County, New Mexico. Great time of year uh, to take a little bit of a road trip. It's only about a three-hour drive over to Silver City in Grant County, New Mexico. When we have temperatures like, what, mid-70s to 80, uh, that means your temperature over in Silver City, upper 60s, lower 70s, perfect weather to get out and recreate, as they say, in the Gila National Wilderness or just hang out in historic Silver City, southwest New Mexico. Just spell it out. .org is the starting place for your trip, what to do, where to stay, and some great places to eat as well. So uh, speaking of eating and traveling and things to do, let's bring in the host of Weekend Watch, Dan Gibson. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm good. I was a little sad I missed last week for a number of reasons, but yeah. also because we could have talked about the release of the new Bob Marley movie, One Love. Yeah. The theme. I mean, we could have had a whole conversation about it. <laughs> How was your Too trip? Late now. How was your trip, uh, a brief trip over to the Emerald Isle? Oh, it was lovely. Yeah, Dublin's incredible. People are inc- people are great. History's everywhere. You know what I mean? Again, it's just everywhere you go, there's some marker of something important that happened there. And uh, yeah, we we had my son Jonathan and I had a lovely time. Like, Very good. So much to do there. Very. But good. you know where else there's so much to do? Where else? Here in Tucson, Arizona. What's going uh, on? Well, it's Arizona Beer Week is happening right now. It's a statewide celebration of all the craft Ooh. brewing that happens in this community. I mean, this area, uh, incredible, uh, really a real asset to our area of all the locally owned organizations that have drinks and uh, delicious beverages. Uh, one of my favorite places, Tap and Bottle, is having a whole array of things. My pick would be Sunday at 11 a.m. It is their beer brunch with Arizona Wilderness, a brewer that's in downtown Phoenix and Gilbert, makes some incredible beers. Um, and also the local group, Holy Fakasha. So it'll be a pop-up with breakfast offerings. You can enjoy their very special Dreamsicle Double IPA, which is brewed with Arizona-grown medjool dates, uh, sugar, vanilla, and then a whole bunch of hops. So I mean, you could try a whole bunch of exciting beers and get some breakfast focaccia, which mm. I've not had, but sounds intriguing. Mm. That sounds like uh, a real winner for all the beer lovers in Tucson, and there are a lot. What else is going on? You know, I, I know so little about what's happening at this event, but it sounds intriguing when I was doing my research today. Also, as part of Arizona Beer Week, uh, Button Brew House, which is up on the northwest side, is having a redneck spelling bee with Kelly that says, <laughs> attempt your best spelling at big words this redneck is trying to pronounce. Uh, what? Happening tomorrow at 7 p.m. <laughs> I mean, it, it's intriguing at very least, whether it's, Good or bad, hard to say. If somebody could go and report back for me, that would be really helpful. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be uh, over at the rodeo grounds. Of course, the rodeos this weekend. And then Fort Lowell Day uh, is actually yeah, over return. Fort Lowell Day at Fort Lowell Park. Uh, yeah, that's tomorrow. tomorrow. 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Yeah, yeah that should be, uh, a- be Calvary drills, uh, children's activities, mariachi music, history and a self-guiding walking tour of the neighborhood, old Fort Lowell neighborhood as well. So plenty to do there. Very good. Anything else? A couple of quick uh, items we can still work in. You know, um, I was a big fan, and we we lost him uh, not that long ago, George Howard, local musician, uh, part of a proud tradition of music here. Uh, They were doing, he founded the Tucson Musicians Museum, among other things. They're having a celebration of his life, a concert series that starts Sunday, Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. at Hotel Congress. 
uh, music from Jane Ayers, Missy and the Valiants, Miss Olivia and the Interlopers. Uh, a lot of like a lot of great music, one lineup, and a, a celebration of a man who did a lot for this community in uh, music. Boy, whatever you do this weekend, it's going to be perfect. As they say, a Chamber of Commerce type weekend should be absolutely wonderful. Dan Gibson, always a pleasure. Welcome back after your uh, week or so over in Ireland. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure, always. The Buckmaster Show is a presentation of my company, Bill Buckmaster Communications, LLC. Uh, which is wholly responsible for the content of our uh, daily one-hour program, daily weekday program from noon to one. Original theme music composed by my German friend Christophan. Thanks to Rose Brandt. Rose, making sure all the podcasts are up on our website. Tom Fairbanks has a little bit of a hand in that as well, making sure that he gets the, gets the program over to Rose to post at buckmastershow.com. Thanks, Tom, for all of your support. On behalf of everybody here at Bustos Media Tucson, hope you have a great weekend.